Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. It's Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary. Hello, hello, and welcome to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Still working out the kinks, I see. I am Damon Cotton, your host for the day, captaining the ship. I'm the captain now. Alongside me, Danny Smythe. Finhas is also in the room, and behind the wheels of steel is my good man, Jared Justice. All right, guys. No cue. This is basically a zoo crew type of a show. The inmates are running the asylum. Let's see what we're able. Let's see what we're able to do today. Jared's still getting control of the board back there. Why, why is the captain not on mic one? Hey, man, I just came in and I and I sat down. I just came in. I sat down. I, I wanted the best shot of the TV. I don't. I don't know what to say. Is is it going to be a problem? I think we're having a moment where I'm looking at you behind the board, and I think I want to get back behind the board. Fair enough. I mean, I'm, you know, on a trial basis. Yeah, for a programming note, um, this is going to be SQ is still on vacation leading into next week. So you have us on Friday and you have us on Monday as well. So there you go. And if you want to be in part of the show, if you want to get involved with any of this madness that we have going on here today, you can. You can call the show at 702-365-9200 or you can text the show at 69187-KEYWORD. R and R, Danny, are you excited for this today? I am very excited for this show, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe am I Mike One, Jared? Yes, yes, you are. I'm the captain now. You're the captain now, based on our seating position. Let me tell you about the guests that we have lined up on the show today: Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas Review Journal and the Morning Tailgate. Vinny's going to be joining us to talk all things Raiders. I know that he always puts out his mailbag on Friday. I know I've got some questions for him to ask about the Raiders myself. At 3 o'clock, we're going to be talking to David P. Sampson, the host of Nothing Personal with David Sampson, part of the Levitard and Friends Network. I want to talk to him because he is as blunt as it gets on the matters of business and sports. And the big thing that is hitting us locally, the A's. The Bill SB-01, I believe, they signed off on it. Major League Baseball, not just the A's, you know, because, hey, who knows what could happen there. But Major League Baseball, they have plans in place to come to Las Vegas. It's going to be great to pick David Sampson's brain about that and some other goings-on around the world of sports. Got to get that business angle. And then at 4 o'clock, we're going to be talking to Sam Gordon from the Review Journal. You can follow him at by Sam Gordon. Really want to talk to Sam about the G League Ignite, I want to say when it comes to just teams, teams alone that you played for in this past season, I think the G League Ignite had the most players drafted last night in the NBA draft. I mean, so that's a a local team. You can go check them out in Henderson at the Dollar Loan Center. And also a Las Vegas native, Julian Strother, was drafted last night as well. So we're going to be talking to Sam about that and going to have to sneak in some boxing questions as well because when I talk to Sam Gordon... Got to talk about the fight game. Danny, I'll turn off your mic for that one. Oh, no, I'm good. I, uh, I've, I've seen a boxing movie before. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be talking to Sam. I mean, I'm not going to give away the end of the show, but a few good minutes to end the show, we're going to be talking about 
Dana White trying to, you know, get the biggest fight of the century of all time, oh, according I'm, to him. I'm on board for that one. Yeah, so way. we're going to be talking about fighting a little bit more with me, you know, steering the ship. I mean, if you guys don't want to hear about Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk having a potential cage fight, <laughs> well, you came to the wrong place because we're definitely going to talk about it. But later. Hey, man, that's tease right there. That's tease. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the stick around, you know, for three hours because you want to hear my thoughts on Elon Musk versus Mark Zuckerberg. But with all that being said, let's jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. All right, so what we want to talk about today on the opening drive, an oldie but a goodie, if you guys want to have some fun in light of the NBA draft happening yesterday and we had yesterday's show off, who is your favorite Raiders draft pick? I know that we have thrown this question out there before, but like I said, it's an oldie but a goodie. Call in or text in with some of your draft picks that the Raiders have made or even some players that you think, I wish we would have drafted that guy. But the real show question that I want to ask you about is, are the Raiders being overlooked? Doing some research for the show, Love PFF, they put out an article by Gordon, excuse me, Gordon McGinnis, and it's five overlooked teams entering the 2023 NFL season. And that piqued my interest. I got to see who could these five teams be. Maybe the Raiders could be on there. Maybe my Titans could be on there. But who does PFF think are five teams that are being overlooked going into the season? One the Pittsburgh Steelers, two, the Green Bay Packers, three, the New Orleans Saints, four, the Buffalo Bills, how, and five, <laughs> <laughs> the Los Angeles Rams. All right, so guys, I'll throw it out to you. Do you agree with this list? Because I don't think that two of these teams on here are overlooked at all. I, I have two, at least two problems with this list. Only uh, two? Well, mainly, like, just the teams. The biggest one is the Bills. They are never overlooked. However, I'm kind of rooting for their downfall this year because I took under on their win total. Oh. I'm, I don't want them to have a disastrous season because it would be – it's still going to be a lot of fun to watch Allen and Diggs and the rest of that team. However, with Allen being a cover athlete of Madden, they got to they gotta watch out there. Man, um, Danny's got to get that degenerate right in under the radar. Yeah, man, like, no. what are who did anyone have under ten minutes? Because I I thought he'd get it in <laughs> under five, but uh, you know, technical difficulties. I say that uh, we call it a push. Yeah, well, the, my biggest. I'm with you on, and then Connor, excuse me, Gord. He goes on to mention in the article where you know maybe this is tenuous with the Bills having the third best odds to finish the season hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. So he, you know, he makes mention of that. But for me, I don't think that that's overlooked. I mean, they are in a tough division, but I think we all expect them to win that division. Yeah. The Dolphins, you got to worry about, is Tua going to stay healthy? That's one. Are the Patriots, are they going to be better now that Mac Jones has a legitimate offensive coordinator? Instead of Pencil Boy? Yeah. And, and instead well, of switching on and off each yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there are questions about the AFC East, but the Buffalo Bills are you know leading the pack there. And then the Los Angeles Rams, I don't think they're being overlooked. I think that they're a team that's coming back from an injury-ridden season. So maybe they are being overlooked, but 
I ask you, Raider Nation, do you think that the Raiders are being overlooked and maybe should they be involved on a list like this? Because if this offense is humming for the Raiders, so if everything, go, no, if everything goes right for the Raiders, I, I believe that this could be a top 10 offense in the league. And I think that enough people aren't talking about that. I know it's the defense. We've always got to go back to the defense. I'd like to, and I'll defer to the captain, but at least with the five that are listed, I'd like to go through each of them. How are we overlooking Pittsburgh? Like, what are, what are, they, do they, is there evidence that Kenny Pickett, is there any evidence that this, this team is not going to be the classic Mike Tomlin, their defense is really good and their offense looks like, how did they win? How did, how did they, they completed seven of 22 passes and they won the game? Like, how is that a, an overlooked thing? That's them being the status quo. I think it could boil down to Pittsburgh being overlooked because with Mike Tomlin, we all know the stat, he's never had a losing season, but people just expect him to, hey, they're going to go in and they're going to be maybe a game, a game above 500. That's what Mike Tomlin's going to give you, no more, no less. But maybe they could be a team that has a push for the playoffs. We don't know what the Ravens are going to look like with Lamar and, o- and OBJ this season. Who knows what the Bengals, I mean, we expect the Bengals to look pretty good. The Browns, Deshaun Watson a year back. Maybe they could be a team where, you know, maybe if they get some breaks with the schedule, the Steelers, you know, if Kenny Pickett could take that next leap, they could be a team that surprises people. I don't think that they're going to be that team this season, but I see why they could be a team, hey, you're, you're not looking at the Steelers closely enough. But I also think, so using the phrase overlooked, I mean, you can, you can, deep dive into that word a couple different ways. Are they overlooked as in they are going to win a – they could potentially win the trophy? No. I don't think that's going to happen. But are they overlooked as in the majority of everybody is focusing on the the teams at the top of just their division because you got the Bengals and the Ravens how much did we hear about Lamar Jackson during the offseason with his contract? So that was a major topic. And then people are going to start talking about uh, Deshaun Watson. He's going to have a full season in Cleveland. And then Pittsburgh kind of gets shoved aside because we know what Cincinnati is. We know they're going to play for the division title. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to be able to play up to that just yet, maybe next season. So basically we're all looking for a stricter definition of the word <laughs> overlooked. Not so much a stricter definition, but some of these teams were. I'm, it's not so much – maybe they are a little underrated in the eyes of the public. But, I'll, you know, the, the most glaring one with a title Raider Nation, Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints, were – I don't think that they're overlooked at all. I think that maybe they should be the betting favorite to win the NFC South. I mean, who else is in that division? We're talking about the Atlanta Falcons. What has Arthur Smith proved? I mean, the offense looked good. I mean – they added a couple of pieces, but I'm not super bought into the Atlanta Falcons. The, excuse me, I was going to say the Charlotte Panthers. Carolina Panthers, they only have Bryce Young, a rookie QB. Who knows what, that's going to, who knows what he's going to turn out to be? We don't know. He's an unproven commodity. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, hmm. for all we know, Todd Bowles is on the hot seat, and he's got to worry about the progressive man. That's his quarterback. <laughs> like, th- this is the definition of looking at – Looking at the division and going, I guess somebody's got to win it. And somebody's got to win. Derek Carr is the only one I trust. And when you're ranking quarterbacks, he's the mo- he's the most well known. He's the adult in the room. If you're looking at the quarterbacks in the NFC South, 
So, but looking at this list, I don't see. I think that the Raiders are really an overlooked team because last year we we saw hey, this AFC West division. It's going to be a juggernaut. It didn't really play out like that. That it was just hey, man. Has there ever been the last season? There were talks. Oh, of, has there ever been a division where all four teams make the playoffs? And you know, and that was cooled off very quickly. But I do think that the Raiders are being overlooked because the general public views this division as. Oh man, those other three teams—they've got some monsters. The Raiders don't stand a chance. Again, you gotta. Which way are you looking at it as being overlooked? Do you think they are going to be? Right now, their uh, their win total is set at six and a half. Do you think they are what a nine-win team, a wild card team? Yeah, in the best case scenario, they could be a wild card team. But six and a half wins—I don't see what I don't see how they can't get to eight. Like, I'm taking the over. And is that with stipulations or just you think eight no matter what? Like, are you saying eight, Jimmy G's got to play all 17 games? Or are you saying they're going to win eight no matter who's at quarterback, even if Jimmy suffers? No, Jimmy needs to play. That That's the biggest X factor for the okay. season, of course. That's the elephant in the room. But I feel confident in the team where I know you can't say, oh, the team's going to tell you what you want to hear. Why didn't we know about this sooner? Why did they lie to us? No, I think that there was no lying. They, they, they don't have to disclose everything to the public. I mean, that was something where when the foot news was coming about. Footgate. Yeah, Footgate. There you go. Everything's a gate. So when Footgate came about, it was something that was in the contract. Um, Jason from Over the Cap, he had already put out, like, hey, that stipulation where if he's not ready, they could cut him at with no cost. But I do think that the team, the Addendum G, I do think that they put it in place, obviously, to protect themselves. But I do think that they believe, let's say 99.9% sure, that he's going to be ready for opening day. And furthermore, if we are going on a broader definition of overlooked and you look at the storylines, we have what will Sean Payton do with this with this Russell Wilson situation? Could the Could Denver come back and be this juggernaut? Oh, the Chargers, they've... They just, they were so close, and then they lost it in the playoffs. They'll be back next year. And then, you know, there was a ring ceremony with the third team. So basically, like, yeah, the fourth team also exists. It's sort of been, at least from the national perspective, has kind of been the thing. So based on that definition of overlooked, 100% the Raiders need to be in that conversation. Because in my mind, they've only gotten better at every position, and they're uh, considered to be a six-win team. I I kind of am starting to lean with Demond. I think he's right that I'll take that over. That's what I'm talking about, Jared. I got one with me. And if you want to be a part of the show, <laughs> if you want to give us your thoughts, please call in 702-365-9200. Tell me, do you think if the Raiders are being overlooked going into this season? And you can also text the show on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. You had something to say there, Danny? Well, just uh, a little bit more just to jump back about where – we were about two or three minutes ago when we mentioned the Saints. How are they being overlooked? They are the favorite <laughs> to win that division. Uh-huh. What are, Again, this goes to what are they being overlooked for? Because, I mean, they're most likely going to win the division. So they're a playoff team. But is it like do people think that the Saints should be – should get a lot more respect and could play for an NFC title? Well, no, I don't think so. Let's look at the let's go back to the paradigm I set where let's look at the storylines. Panthers just drafted their 
Bryce Young. Well, they, he could be there, like he could be dynamic right out the gate. It could be absolutely incredible. The Tampa Bay, maybe everyone gets healthy and Baker Mayfield is Baker Mayfield of that one year that he took the, or that one year in that one game that he played for LA. And he's like just a, I get on the field and I ball out. I'm a gamer. Maybe that happens. These have been all of the storylines surrounding all these teams. Meanwhile, the Saints are just like, we have an actual quarterback who doesn't have to play tight end. It's not hey, really hey, – that's not really a – Taysom Hill. Okay, that's – you know what? That's fair enough. I'm, I'm also a Taysom Hill fan because he is eligible for two positions in fantasy. But genuinely, that's the storyline. It's a boring storyline. So right. no one wants to talk about the Saints of like, did they just get better – like getting better isn't a sexy storyline, so maybe that's where we're getting overlooked. Hold on, guys. I've got to I've got to ask a question here because you guys both pointed when Jared made his. You guys pointed at each other when Jared made his point about Taysom Hill being um, eligible for two positions in yes. fantasy. So I've got to ask: Is there are there real Taysom Hill fans out there? Is oh yeah. There, like, could I go search on YouTube right now? Taysom Hill highlight clip and people be like, that boy nice. Oh, yeah. I've never seen two Taysom Hill okay. fans you... in the same place. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I am the biggest die easy Taysom Hill fan. <laughs> if I look up like tight end matchups or like goal line defenses in fantasy, that boy's getting benched. <laughs> and he's getting benched hard. Do you know how many times I have bet on Taysom Hill to score an anytime touchdown because it counts for running and receiving? You got me there. I just didn't know that I was amongst, you know, some hillheads. Taysom Hill is great within the five yard line. He who was the who's the Atlanta Falcons uh, fullback who basically all he did was from like the three yard line in was score touchdowns. Michael Turner was that it? That literally like his entire job. Well, he, yeah, he was their running back. Right, but he didn't run. All he did was fall forward. Well, he's not Jerome Bettis. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm, so, I'm sorry I went down this rabbit hole. I really just wanted to get an answer on— Apologizing to the listeners. Yeah, yeah. I, I am. I, this is more Taysom Hill talk than I wanted to give anybody. Okay, so going back to this list real quick, do yeah. you think the Packers are a legitimately overlooked team? Do you trust Jordan Love? Here's the here's the blurb about it in the article. If Love can even be a top 16 starting quarterback in the NFL, the Packers are absolutely good enough to contend in the NFC North. That's a big if. That's a big if from a guy that when Andy Reid was asked about him, hey, you know, he's going to be – Who? Andy, Andy Reid was like, hey, who? Or I don't – and then you see, you see with Jair Alexander, he's like, hey, man, love this guy, best quarterback in the league. What else are you supposed to say about your teammate? Yeah, you have to say that. Exactly. You're not going to go out and say, eh, I mean, he's all right. I'm a, I miss Aaron so bad. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's a big if. I mean, I know we're talking about if Jimmy G, if he can stay healthy. I think it's a bigger if if Jordan Love could be a top 16 quarterback in the NFL. I know that if Jimmy G is healthy, eh, is it a big if if Jimmy G could be, let's just say, top top half? You know, that bottom top half of quarterbacks in the league? Now, that's not that big of an if. But with Jordan Love, that's a very big if. Well, so you have the Vikings in the situation of does anyone – you see him win a lot, but does anyone actually trust Kirk Cousins? And they just got rid of Dalvin Cook, which, fair enough. And then you have the Bears, which were the king of good loss, good loss. You only lost that game by like three. That's a good loss last year. 
the Lions were like the Lions are the coolest team in the division. They, I guess? They, they, They're they biting are. kneecaps, bro. Yeah, the, the yeah. I've been talking about this. I'm not the biggest believer in the Lions, but I am. But you what you want them to you? Yeah, Dan Campbell. Man, Campbell's really doing something for me. Or it's like, man, I like the way he gets down. You know. How many times did you cry in Hard Knocks when he was giving speeches? <laughs> I'm not crying at at Hard Knocks speeches, but I do. I feel it. I do. I, I feel it, it makes you want to run through a brick wall. Yeah, or he's got that level to him. If he if he gave me the prep talk before today's show, oh man, I would have came in here on fire. But I came in a little reserved, a little you know subdued. Got a job to do. But if Dan Campbell said, "Hey, Demon, you got a radio show to do," it'd be a whole different show. I'd be you know shirts off. Let's go. I think he's that type of coach where he, let's not do shirts off. You would win that too easily. I mean, well, thank you, Jared. I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> you know, because sometimes I get a little self-conscious about the body myself. But thank you for the compliment. Or, yeah, maybe they're a team, but I, but they're definitely – they don't belong in this conversation at all because they are not being overlooked whatsoever. If anything, I think that people maybe need to pump the brakes on the Lions a little bit. You know, it was fun in the beginning of the offseason to say, oh, man, the Detroit Lions, they're going to be good. They're going to win the NFC North. But now is the season, it's, you know – it's creeping up on us a little bit more. I'm like, maybe, maybe, maybe Key was right a little bit. Maybe, maybe I need to back up off the Detroit Lions as much as I as bullish as I was on them to start the season. I mean, drafting a running back in the first round, as we're going to talk about running backs later in the show. But man, I I, I just wouldn't. Are you hating on Bijan Robinson? I'm not hating on him at all. Great talent, great talent. But I don't. Th- I don't think they're running back away from like, you know, if the Chiefs were to say, "Hey, man, you know what? We need in the first round, or what we can I mean, afford." Bijan Robinson. Chiefs can draft whoever they want. Exactly. They they could draft. They could be. There's probably the one team that could draft a punter in the first round, and everybody would be like, "Yeah, I mean, they're good everywhere else. Why not?" He's not going to do a whole lot, but you know, when he punts, it'll be really cool. Exactly. All right, got a text here on the text line from the 707. No matter how much this Raiders roster has improved, you still need the coaching to improve drastically. There's reasons half of Raider Nation doesn't trust McDaniels. Is Patrick Graham a legit D coordinator? These are legit questions. And I would answer your questions to say I do think that Patrick Graham is a legitimate defensive coordinator. I mean, he wasn't the best in New York, but... I'm not trying to feed you the company line of, hey, they've got to be a little bit better. Like, he needs his guys. It's what we heard a lot of last season. So is, it, is there some truth to that? Yes. But did they get all of those guys in this offseason? I don't think that they got all of their guys. So where Patrick Graham can say, hey, this is my perfect defensive system that we now have in place here. Are they expecting a lot of people to step up? Yes. And does the coaching need to get better? Yes. We're going to see with Coach McDaniels this year that, hey, you can't put all the blame because I do believe that Derek Carr was like, hey, he couldn't get the job done down the stretch this past season. But I do think that is there going to be more pressure on Josh McDaniels and Patrick Graham? I don't think necessarily, but they do need to show not only the fan base to show it to themselves that they are improving year after year. And that's really all that you can hope for when you're looking at a team that's trying to get better. And coming up next when we come back, we have Vinny Bonsignor joining us. But I do want to say be on the lookout for this because after Vinny, we're going to be giving away tickets to NBA Summer League. And we're going to be doing that each and every hour. 
That's going to be a four-pack of tickets to the NBA Summer League that's taking place the first weekend in July. So if you want some Summer League tickets, keep it locked right here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio. When we get back, Vinny Bonsignor from the Review Journal. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. And I am pleased to introduce my next guest. Nothing but illustrious guest. The one, the only, Vinny Bonsignor. You can hear him on the morning tailgate. You can read him on at the Las Vegas Review Journal, Vegas Nation. Vinny, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good, you know. Captaining the ship while Q's on vacation. But Vinny, you're the first guest with me in charge. How do you feel? I mean, the illustrious honor to get interviewed by DeMond Cotton. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I Vinny, am extremely honored. Are you kidding me? <laughs> when it came to talking to the Raiders, I was like, we got to talk to Vinny. And you wrote in, it, it, it dropped after the show today, so I want to get your thoughts on it. I mean, the Raiders and Josh Jacobs, we all saw the tweet earlier this week, bad business. And I love when players send out the cryptic tweets because it could mean, hey, man, I got ripped off like on a fast food, on a fast food run. But are we to believe that bad business was implying his relationship with the Las Vegas Raiders? Yeah, and uh, I was thinking, you know, it could be it could be uh, that he's not happy with the negotiations right now, or maybe he was in line at Chipotle and asking for extra steak, and you know they were a little they were a little light on the uh, on the on the extra steak. You know, we've all been there, and uh, and uh, it's it's not a good feeling. So maybe he had to vent, but I, I do actually think uh, that it has something with the state of negotiations uh, with the Raiders. And look, it's just. You know, it's a tough time to be an NFL running back. Um, ask Saquon Barkley, ask Tony Pollard. Pollard. Heck, ask um, Dalvin Cook, who's out on the street. He might be the best of the bunch, you know. And, and you know, it, it's, not, it's not a stretch to say Dalvin Cook might be the best running back uh, in the – or one of the best running backs in the NFL. He's looking for a job right now. Why? Because uh, the Vikings didn't want to pay him what he was owed this year. Uh, so – it's Josh is in is, is is between a rock and a hard place. I know the Raiders, you know, would like to extend him. Uh, I know it sounds like Josh wants to do exactly that, uh, but they the two sides have not been able to come up with uh, common ground on on what the what the monetary value is uh, and should look like. And so until they're able to find that common ground, it looks to me like it's 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 pretty likely that he's going to have to play this year. Uh, on the on the terms of the of the franchise tag, which is just over ten million dollars. Volvini, what do you think would be the optimal deal that would make sense on both sides? If you had to play mediator in this situation, what does the optimal deal look like that it makes sense for both sides? Probably a um, three or four year deal um, with anywhere between eighteen and twenty one million dollars, maybe uh, fully guaranteed. Uh, you know, and, and take the ten million dollars that that he's due uh, this year, and, and maybe maybe because what it would help the Raiders because you could you could um, create some salary cap space by taking what is right now a lump sum of ten million dollars, and that's the hit that it's going to be on your salary cap. Um, transfer tra- changing some of that to salary uh, bonus that you could prorate over the length of the contract uh, and bring down that number to maybe five million dollars this year in in salary. Um, so, so, but something like that, I think, I think three or four years with 18 to $21 million uh, guaranteed, um, is probably 
what it might look like, but I, I can totally understand if, if Josh Jacobs thinks that it, it should be more, and he probably does, and that's probably why uh, they're at the impasse. All right, Vinny, another Josh Jacobs question that I have for you is, how likely do you think a holdout is going to be in this situation? Do you think we get to that point, or with the lack of leverage, that Josh Jacobs will eventually sign the um, franchise tag tender when, when the deadline comes? Yeah, are we talking about like a holdout into the season and all that? And yeah, he pulls a full Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, um, you know you can't rule anything out, but but I, I just think that that would be um, probably not in the player's best interest. You know, number one, uh, there's going to be fines involved. I think by rule now, uh, players uh, that don't you know part- well, he wouldn't be fined because he doesn't have a, a, a contract, so um, and doesn't hasn't signed the tender. So let's just rule that out. There will be no fines, and he and he decides that he's gonna gonna hold out for training camp and and into the season. You know, that's money that that he's never gonna be able to recoup. Um, I think this is just my personal opinion. His best bet is to play this season if they aren't able to come together uh, on a new on a new deal. Uh, play this season, get your ten point nine million dollars, um, uh, which is you know a, a considerable pay raise from from what he was making last year, and actually represent a, represents a pay raise over what he would have made had the fifth year option uh, been made uh, been, been picked up, probably around two three million dollars, almost close to three three million dollars more than he would have made had the fifth year option uh, kicked in. So you know, collect that money, put your best effort out there, uh, and then you revisit it at the end of the season, whether it's with the Raiders. Uh, or, or somebody else, um, and you know now if you're able to sign something like a deal that I just that I just you know uh, mentioned, uh, now you're looking at if you add the ten million dollars to a three-year deal with twenty million dollars guaranteed, now that's thirty million dollars guaranteed uh, over the next you know three or four years, which is not bad money. So, uh, but if you if you don't get the ten million dollars this year, then you're ten million dollars lighter. What it does come uh, uh, to, to, to talking about a new deal. So it doesn't make much sense to me to hold up. Again, we're talking to Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas Review Journal and the Morning Tailgate right here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Jared's got a question for you. So, Vinny, if you had to put it as a either a metaphor or a distance, how far apart are the two parties right now if you had to put it into, like, yards? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know, and I and I give both sides, you know, credit for not negotiating uh, in the media as much as we want all that information. Uh, I think it's best to keep uh, everything uh, sort of in house and between, you know, the team and the player. Uh, but but based on based on uh, you know what what Josh tweeted um, and just my sense of things, uh, I think I think it's probably a good. I don't think they're in the red zone. Let's put it that way. All right, so Vinny, I want to ask you about this coaching staff because we got a text and it said, hey, what, what, what needs to improve more than the players, more than the roster, is the coaching. So when it comes to the coaches, and I remember seeing an article earlier this week from PFF that had Josh McDaniels on the hot seat, and I don't believe that at all, but I know you have way more insider information when it comes to the team than I do. Is there any likelihood at all that Coach Josh McDaniels could be on the hot seat? Well, I mean, you know, uh, this is a this is a high pressure uh, profession, and if it goes south, south, then then I think that you know everything has to be reevaluated. Uh, but I don't think, as we sit here today, uh, that he's under you know fire or, or on a on a hot seat. You know, I've I've, I've talked to to Mark Davis about this, and I think that he wants to. He hired Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler to to do a job, and that job is to build a championship caliber team. And uh, I think that uh, things are twofold. I think they need to they needed to 
uh, improved the roster, which I, I believe they have through draft, through the draft and free agency. We'll see what that means in terms of uh, of victories. Um, but I think that Mark Davis is going to give them the room that they need uh, to complete the job. Uh, now, again, anything is possible, and if it's like just a complete, you know, uh, uh, just a terrible, terrible season where there doesn't even appear to be any hope, that obviously that's going to change things by the end of the year. Uh, but but I but I do think that you know barring something like that, Mark Davis is going to uh, show patience. Uh, he hired these guys for a reason. He believes in them, and he still believes in them. Um, and I think that he's going to give it the necessary time to see this thing through because you know he's also coming from um, you know experiences where it's been a lot of start and stop and start and stop. This coach bringing in that head coach this general manager, now you're changing it over again. Um, you know, and I think that that does a disservice to the players um, trying to create the continuity that you need in this league. Look at the, look at the really good teams and some of the continuity that, that exists on those, on those teams. I think that's where the Raiders are trying to get. And that takes time. Hey, Vinny, if, um, if they don't have a bad season meaning like three four or five wins but they don't make the playoffs whether they come just short or they finish with around six or seven wins do you think that that leash that mcdaniels is giving gets shorter next off season yeah, yeah i mean i think that uh, the longer it goes without um you know discernible progress you know obviously uh, that's that's gonna that's gonna that's one last year now <laughs> that uh uh, that's what, another year that was, I wouldn't say, you know, quote unquote wasted, but um, another bad season uh, in the books. Uh, and obviously that's going to be put on his ledger and, and it's going to be part of the assessment uh, from, from, from ownership. But, um, you know, there, on the other hand, you know, if that, if that season that you're describing falls short of the playoffs, but there's, there, there's real progress, maybe the defense you know, makes a, a, a jump, um, you know, maybe, maybe the offense under, under Jimmy G uh, is more efficient and, and showing, you know, the right types of, of signs, uh, then that looks different as well. So, so not everything is, is maybe what it appears on paper and on the record. Uh, and I think by the end of the season, uh, we'll probably have a pretty good idea if this thing has been pointed in the right direction. Again, we're talking to Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas Review-Journal and the Morning Tailgate here on Raider Nation Radio. Vinny, I've got to ask, Jared tried to dress up one of his questions with a give us a metaphor. How close could they be? Maybe, you know, I, but I've just got to ask, are the Raiders going to sign Marcus Peters? I think they definitely will. They, they are going to revisit that at some point. Um, but I still think they're in the sort of the assessment uh, stage. And, and I, I also uh, believe that they liked what they saw from their, from their secondary um, during OTAs and, and minicamp. Uh, you know, I think that uh, there was, you could see the depth. Um, you could see that there's going to be a lot of competition uh, at that position. And I think the question that the Raiders are going to have, A, um, where is Marcus Peters in terms of, uh, his level of play, and uh, is, does that play represent um, a significant upgrade over what's already in place? And also, when you bring in a Marcus Peters, there's always going to be an expectation uh, that, that he starts, and is he going to be taking snaps away from a player that, that they really want to get on the development stage uh, and get on the field and believe deserves to be on the field? So um, I think, in theory, Marcus Peters makes a lot of sense, but there's going to be a lot that goes into that decision uh, about what it means to that room and, and what it means in, in terms of maybe impeding uh, the development progress of players that they, that they really like. 
So, Vinny, I won't try to dress this up, but whenever a Dalvin Cook gets released or a DeAndre Hopkins gets released or a Marcus Peters becomes available, how much do you roll your eyes and go, I guess i got to call somebody? That is uh, pretty much uh, a daily routine, <laughs> for sure. Um, and trying to gauge you know, what the interest level is and what the possibility uh, level is. And, and, you know, I think I, there's no doubt that, um, you know, the Raiders have shown interest in Marcus Peters. Heck, he was at the facility uh, for a visit, what, about a month, month and a half ago or so. I think at that point uh, they, they were, you know, checking in on him, trying to get a sense of where he was physically. Remember, he had uh, the knee injury that knocked him out two seasons ago. Uh, he played last year, um, kind of coming back from that injury. Uh, now that he's a, you know, kind of a more than a year away from it, uh, where is he physically? Um, what's the money situation? So it was a good, it was a good fact-finding um, situation to bring him in. But I also think at that point they wanted to see what they had uh, of the roster that they had put together through the draft and free agency uh, and see if they feel like that represented uh, enough that they needed to, to go into training camp and maybe into the season. Uh, but now that that's, you know, OTAs and minicamp are, are, are in the books. I think they're going to take a, a, a long look at this entire roster. I feel like they, they feel pretty good about where the roster is. Uh, but if they, you know, when they get to the cornerback position and they take a look at the film and, the, and, and everything, that, the, everything that happened in the classroom and, and everywhere else, uh, they're going to ask themselves, is this, do we feel like the best group of cornerbacks to go be successful in the season are in this room if the answer is no, I think that that's when you'll see a Marcus Peters uh, come aboard. All right, Vinny, I only got a couple more questions for you. But I do want to shift the basketball. The NBA draft was last night. Are you surprised that your Lakers haven't made any any splashy moves yet? No trades from the Lakers? I mean, they're, they're losing the news cycle right now. Yeah, um, I actually liked their draft, by the way. And uh, it always uh, helps when one of the kids uh, is a local Las Vegas kid. So I'm, I'm excited. Uh, about that, um, and everything that I've read about the uh, the kid that they drafted from Indiana, it seems like he fell to them. Um, he was somebody that uh, that a lot of people were talking about being drafted uh, before they drafted at number seven. Uh, no, not necessarily. Uh, I think they did a lot of their the the, the bulk um, moving around at last year's trade deadline, and I think they really felt like you know they 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 captured something uh, in a bottle. I mean, it got them all all the way from not being in the playoffs to the Western Conference Finals where they got picked off by the future NBA champion. Uh, no, no, uh, nothing, nothing wrong with that. You can still hold your head up uh, losing to the champions. Um, and then I, I think they want to give some of these young players a chance to continue uh, to, to develop. Um, so, and they also have to start planning for a future beyond uh, LeBron James. We already... There was a little bit of speculation um, after last year's, after this season's playoffs. You know, is he going to be back? And you know, how much longer does he have? That day is coming. You know, sooner rather than later. Uh, and they start out, they have to start thinking about what that what that post LeBron era is going to look like. And and having gone through the Kobe Bryant situation where they weren't really prepared to deal with the immediate aftermath uh, of, of losing Kobe Bryant, um, you know, to retirement at that point. I think that they want to avoid that and stockpile as much young talent as they possibly can so that when LeBron does eventually leave, they're not going to be in dire straits. They're going to have um, some nice young players uh, to, to, uh, to continue to move forward with and then maybe supplement with, with one of the, uh, at that point, premier free agents that might be available. Who knows? Luka, Luka from, from Dallas might be available at that point. You know, the Lakers, they're going to they're gonna go out and get somebody uh, when the money gets freed up. So if there's a nice little foundation for that kind of a player – 
all the better. All right, Vinny Bonsignor, before I let you go, tell everybody what you got going on. Yeah, uh, well, that story I didn't even know. Thank you for pointing it out, the Josh Jacobs story uh, posted. So uh, so that's that's great. That's over at uh, VegasNation.com. And then on Sunday, I'm doing a uh, 53-man roster projection. So, um, and already, you know, doing a little bit of looking into it. Um, I think there's going to be, I think this, this is, there's going to be some tough cuts uh, this year when you start talking about the wide receiver position um, and maybe even that that secondary, a little little surprising, maybe even on the defensive line. Um, so there's, I feel like there's more depth, there's more talent. Uh, in this iteration of the Raiders, so it's going to be tough coming up with that 53-man roster, but it'll be out on Sunday in the Review Journal. All right, Vinny, I want to get greedy. I'm going to ask about one player, Amik Robertson. Is he making the team? Ooh. <laughs> I liked what Amik did last year. Me too. Uh, but that's, a, that's, a, that's definitely a sign that, um, you know, that, they've, that, that they feel like they've upgraded uh, at that position and created some, uh, some quality depth. And when you talk about bringing in Marcus Peters, that's a guy who could be left – Really vulnerable. So uh, I liked what what Amik brought to the table uh, last year. Um, I'm going to say no. He stays. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right, Vinny. <laughs> thanks so much for joining us here on Unnecessary Roughness. Right, have guys, a good have one. Have a great show. And that was Vinny Bonsignor from the Review Journal. I mean, with Duke Shelley coming in, him and Amik, they've kind of you know got you know the same kind of a game there. You know, tough short corner. So I was getting a little worried for Amik, you know. But if Vinny says he's safe, I think he's going to be safe. And if you want to watch a little summer league basketball, we are the show you need to be listening to because if you're a caller number nine, we've got four tickets for you for the NBA Summer League. And Summer League is going to be taking place from July 7th through July 17th at the Thomas and & Mac and the Cox Pavilion. You can get your tickets at UNLVTickets.com. Go to the LVSportsNetwork.com and register to win two tickets in the Michelob Ultra courtside lounge the winner will be announced friday july 7th but if you want four tickets just general admission walk around the concourse maybe see some of the stars of tomorrow for the nba summer league call in right now call at number nine this is unnecessary roughness on radio nation radio 920 now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy q Sorry to disappoint, but it is not your boy Q today. It is I, Damon Q Cotton, alongside my companions, Jared Justice, Danny Smythe, and Finn Haas. And guys, it was brought to my attention. We did, congratulations to our winner, to got that score at that four-pack of tickets to Summer League. And you can call the show at 702-365-9200. I forgot to give out the number to call when I was asking for caller number nine. But, hey, people still call in. And our buddy, Buddy, is the winner of those tickets. So shout out to Buddy. And he is going to Summer League. But don't worry. We are giving out tickets all three hours of the, for the NBA Summer League. So if you didn't win out this hour, you can call in next hour. You can call in the third hour of the show if you really want those tickets to Summer League. But we are getting some text on the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R, if you want to be a part of the show. And I love this text right here. Simple, straight to the point from the 909, already loving the show, exclamation point. Yeah! Thanks, Mom. <laughs> All right, and then this here is from Vegas Pete. I agree with criticism of Graham, but I like what the Raiders did in the offseason. I like you having Vinny on. Stability is needed to keep the Raiders improving, so changing coaches is dumb. I think Ziggler is a genius and has Mark Davis's trust. 
People need to be excited for this season. All right, and that's from Vegas Pete. People need to be excited for this season. I do agree with Vegas Pete on the point that Dave Ziegler has Mark Davis's trust. All right, Pete, I need you to send him on another text. What is one area that you are excited for and you're looking at that did improve during the offseason? Just where are you keeping your eye? Because, right. because he said he wants people to be excited. Yeah. I want to know where their minds are at, where they want to be excited. And he does agree that the Raiders improved this offseason. So I do think that some of these additions were good. I do think that they had a better draft than people are giving them credit for. I'm excited to see what Tyree Wilson does. I'm still a Chandler Jones truther. I think he's going to bounce back at the age of 33. I know that people are saying Chandler Jones, he's watched, he's over the hill. Sometimes it comes for those Hall of Fame caliber players, you know, sooner than you think. But I think, you know, and I could be wrong, but I believe in him a little bit more than other people. I think that Chandler Jones is going to have a, back, a bounce back season this year. When have you ever heard for an NFL player bounce back and age 33 in the same sentence? Dwight Freeney. Boom. Thank you, Jared. Literally, all- they had Dwight Freeney be a rotational. He only came in on third downs, and all his, his whole job was go be Dwight Freeney. You mm-hmm. do that with Chandler Jones, I think that you, I think he'll return to form. So you got Chandler Jones for only third downs? Tyree Wilson, that's why you draft the young buck that's going to come up and be the heir apparent. That's going to be that defensive lineman of the future. Come on. Danny, it all makes sense. You're not going to rain on the parade, and I'm not going to give you time to because we got to go to break. Because... No, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> interested to see Tyree Wilson. Yeah. I, I hope he balls out this year as a rookie, and I hope that – they that he plays well enough that the the Raiders front office aren't questioning whether or not they should have taken Jalen Carter over all of his off the field stuff and that Tyree Wilson balls out. Yeah, that's defensive rookie of the year. That's going to be interesting to see. I do think that Tyree Wilson was the right pick there, foot injury aside. I think he's going to be ready at the start of the season, but maybe it's going to be a little bit you know, of a growing process, as it is for everybody, that adjustment to the NFL. But when we come back, we're going to turn our attention to Major League Baseball. Are they coming to Vegas? David Sampson from Nothing Personal is going to tell us. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.